Can I help you? What do you want? Welcome back to another episode of Schooled. I'm Liv. And I'm Mel. And this week we are joined um, by Joshua. Joshua, would you like to introduce yourself? Tell the folks a little bit about you. Oh, I thought Melody got it. But, uh, oh, you know. well, I can introduce him. Yeah, yes. go ahead. Oh, so Joshua is one of my peers <laughs> and he is a native of Port Arthur, Texas, and graduated from this place called Southern University, <laughs> um, where he specialized in music education, and he also has experiences with cultural education, community advocacy, and is currently a doctoral student at Howard University in the same program that I'm in, Educational Leadership and Policy Studies, and he serves as an academic advisor for the Office of Undergraduate Studies at Howard University. Welcome, Joshua. So you know what this just reminded me of? It reminded me of when you're in church and there's a guest pastor, and the guest pastor's like (laughs) sitting there like, yes, read my Bible. And they're nodding. They're nodding. (laughs) Read like, all yes. about yes. me. I'm Sing amazing. my phrases before I come this drop the mic. Yes. yes, exactly. Yes, yes. And then oh they come God. up and they say, giving all glory to God. Thank you for <laughs> wonderful introduction, Pastor. Like they didn't just write the introduction themselves. Yes. Yes. Oh, my word. So we are joined by Joshua um, as we start our latest series, um, which is yet to be named. I have a couple names I'm floating around. Mel has a couple names. <laughs> Joshua threw in a name or two. Um, but this is um, the month that we are celebrating Black Love. And um, we're excited to jump into this. But first, we're going to go to the honor roll. Let's see who's on the honor roll this week. Mel, who do you have on the honor roll? So actually, on the honor roll, I have one Chloe Bailey. I love her for living her best life and yes. being a carefree black girl on these internets. And I know, you know, people got a lot to say, like, oh, she just doing this for attention. And oh, you know, no, like, because let's think about what you were doing when you were 22. You know right. what I'm saying? Everybody used to dress up, you know, twerk something. You know what I'm saying? She's young. Like, let her be young and beautiful and do what she wants to do. So she is on the honor roll for me. Who's on the honor roll for you? And then here's the thing about Chloe, though. People act are acting like she got famous off of her lace, her latest videos on Instagram. Like her. Right. Like she wasn't a whole musician or she is right. a whole musician and producer and singer extraordinaire. Come on. And I'm just like, so I guess everybody wants everybody to sit there and tweet on their thumbs all day. Like, but this is what the the young people do. You know, like, I can't say that I I do, you know, TikToks and Twitters and and challenges because, you know, we not that generation. But that's what they do. Like, she's doing what is normal for her age group to do. Like, let her live. And it's a pandemic. People bored. What else are you supposed to do? Right. It looks fun, but... I'm just like, I, I think I'm too old for this. Yeah. I know. I thought and about then, doing a silhouette challenge, though, but it looked like work. <laughs> it looked like too much work. Doesn't so, it look like work? Like, you got to have the lighting set up. 
work. I asked one of my friends sounding real auntie-ish. I was like, so how are they getting this red light? Like, is this a filter? What do people just have these red lights in the house? How is this happening? Girl, people got red lights in the house, baby. <laughs> I just, I don't know. but <laughs> That's a whole so, other conversation. <laughs> right. But that leads me to my honor roll, honoree, I guess. Um, none other than Miss Jasmine Sullivan. I've been playing hotels out like... I love it so much. I um I don't know Mel and Joshua if y'all got a chance to see um her HBO special uh, like last week or so. It was so good and she remixed not necessarily remixed. She put together um some of her old tales in the middle of hotels and like weave them together and really created a story. Um, mm. just doing what Jasmine does so beautifully. No, Jasmine yeah, I miss. haven't. I she haven't seen it. it. She does not miss. I, I have, have not seen it. Seen it. But it's you know, YouTube. yeah, yeah, definitely. Because I can watch that tonight. But you know what was a precursor to Hotels? Is Mascara. You remember that song, Mascara, that she yes. had? Mm-hmm. Like, that was that was the prelude to Hotels. Like, that was the storytelling extraordinaire of like IG model chicks. Yeah, chicks popping up every day. That's what she say, huh? Yeah, gotta it. keep my hair and my nails done. Right, we should start a music podcast. No, um, I was still playing a reality show up until yesterday. Drop <laughs> <laughs> yesterday, and catch me on a good day. It'll be back in rotation. Um. I just love Jasmine. Oh, and I'm I glad love... she's getting her flowers, though. I'm so grateful yeah. that she's getting her flowers as like a songwriter, producer, singer, creative, all of that. So that is who we're celebrating this week. But we're going to go ahead and jump into our topic. We are joined, like I said, we're joined by Joshua. Um, and so we wanted to get the perspective this first week of our series yet to be named. I'm thinking hotels, Mel is into love in the club, but love in the club is really showing our age. Like the new kids are like, love in the club, Usher who, what is that? La, 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 la. Okay, so first of all, what kids we got listening to us, first of all? Like, what kids, love- I mean, like BT teachers, like, you know the, what's a what's a BT teacher? Beginning teacher. It's really oh, I, beginning I teacher. Said, I should have just said BT. But um, because I have teachers in my building who were born in ninety seven, <gasps> ninety eight, and I'm just like, oh wow, oh wow. I feel real. So maybe I'm we thinking. should have a maybe we should be culturally responsive and have a title that is reflective of the generations but i like loving the club but our demographics say that everybody that listens to us is around our age so anywho um we're gonna keep it <laughs> we can call it love in the club our age uh, remembers those love in the club days you remember that song yeah, love in the, yeah. so okay. so so joshua if i can explain why we call it love in the club so back in 2017 when we first started this podcast we did an episode about People dating at work. Oh, okay, yeah. So there was literally, and not just, not necessarily dating, but you know what I'm saying? Like doing other things at work. And we called it Love in the Club because it, it goes down in the club. Is. 
It really does. (laughs) But here's the thing about it. You know, that's who you're around the most. You're around your coworkers. And I think just because of our profession, it's frowned upon sometimes to date people you work with. But it is what it is. So that leads me to my first question, Joshua. My first question is, have you ever considered dating a colleague? Yeah, I, I considered dating a colleague. Um, I want to say like my first my first year of teaching, you know, our, our teachers were real old school as far as, you know, professionalism and what is what's ethical at the workplace. Everything, you know, the old famous adage, don't get your honey where you make your money. So first thoughts coming into schools that we're not going to do this. We're not going to do this. Um, and luckily, I say in my experience, I haven't. I haven't worked with too many women that I actually find attractive. I've always been in school with older women who are, I want to say, 50 plus already married or who I just didn't find attractive. So I never really had this issue. Uh, so you weren't well, trying to find like your lady Eloise? <laughs> <laughs> no, no. Uh, but my first year, I, I, I saw a teacher that I, I was attracted to. We kind of, we flirted. Um, but the tension, it, it, I felt the tension and attention from people noticing our interactions. And it just, it just didn't feel like it was worth the drama. I think at the time, uh, one of my, who I found out was a was a fraternity brother, one of my good friends. I felt before I knew him like that at the time, I could just see him kind of acting weird. I, I didn't really understand what it was, and I came to find down the back end. And once we acknowledge each other in the same fraternity, that's somebody who we had dealings with in the past. Mm-hmm. But you know, some of that tension you walk into in the, in a in a building, and you're not aware of it unless somebody's willing to fill you in. So it just always seemed like too much drama. So I just I never really got to got into dating a colleague or looking at it like that. So you didn't want a bitty. You didn't want an old bitty. No, man, I just can't. I can't get down with that. You know, you know I don't mind them forty and sporty, but when you're fifty, you know, uh, I can't do that. It just. <laughs> Y'all I have nasty. Prefer, <laughs> I have some friends who actually prefer older women, and I'm like, you're gross, because she's she could be hanging out with your mama. That's nasty. Like how much older? Because that's the question. So, right. Let's see. We're thirties in our early thirties. Um, yeah, probably like mid forties. I feel like that's as far as. But I feel go. like mid forties is like it's okay. Yeah, I've, I've dated mid forties. I wouldn't. I wouldn't really hit the yeah. fifty line. But I've definitely like, went mid forties. Like, I think mid forties is like it's fine. It's when you get into that like, like I said, Lady Eloise territory <laughs> of you know like. 50s, 60s, ARP, AARP, you know, like, I think that's when it gets a little like, oh, like, this is, uh, this is different. But I mean, also, y'all know how I feel as long as it's involving consenting adults, by all means. Um, But I also, I am more creeped out by like men who date, or not just men, but people who date people who are way younger than them. Mm. Like... To me, I would be more like, oh, ugh, like you, she, she 21. Like, what are you doing? Like, mm-mm. yeah, that's compared that's to creepy. if you were dating older, like if you're dating older, I'm gonna be like, you know what? I'm gonna mind my business. <laughs> so even in that dynamic, I think you got to be careful about what's considered 
dating in age ranges. So like in my mind, once you hit 30, you know, it's whatever. You can do up 30. Once you hit 30, you can date anybody upwards of 30. But I just personally always feel like I wouldn't date anybody like more than three years younger than me. Yeah. If I was under 30. So I'm not, I'm not going to be 29 dating a 22 year old. You still got that college thing you need to work out and experiences you haven't had yet. I just don't feel right approaching you mentally or emotionally like that. So like, like 30 and up, it's all good, but I can't be 29 dating a 23 year old. I know. I used to work with some nasty old men who just loved the fresh out of college teachers. I was just like, you are disgusting. Walking around the building, adjusting and stuff. I said, y'all need to go somewhere. Because these days, that would definitely be um, a Title IX write-up. Like, you got But go. isn't it crazy how, like, times change so drastically in such a short amount of time? Because I can remember, and I think I've told my stories of working with nasty old men when I started teaching eight years ago. And, you know, it was never... It was something that always, like, was uncomfortable, but you never really had, like, the support of a community to feel like you could tell somebody that this person said something, like, inappropriate to you. Right. And I was like, now, looking back, I'm like, I should have reported that. Like, I could have been, like, living my best life after I sued the school district Mm -hmm. for sexual harassment by my assistant principal. You know what I'm saying? Like, or by, you know, one of my peers. Like, that... I always think about that, like, why didn't you tell anybody? But I think also as an early career educator, you don't necessarily know, like, because of that power dynamic, it's kind of like, like, okay, this person said something that made me uncomfortable, but like, how do I handle that? Because that's not necessarily something they teach you in your orientation. Yeah. Um, And even on the flip side, I had an assistant principal who, like, some of the younger male teachers she would just, you know, touch her shoulder and then like her arm would like rub their muscles or something like that. And I'm like, you are nasty. Yeah, so she was ways. a Lady Eloise. She was. I had a coworker we used to call Lady Eloise because she would do stuff like that to like the younger men, like in the, not even younger, just men in the building, um, rubbing on them and, you know, like twirling her hair and like bending over and doing unnecessary uh-huh. stuff. Bending over. Bending <laughs> over. Like she was an old thought. Um, she There's would do the most. There are a few and, things worse than a creepy old lady like this. Ugh. Oh my gosh. So I wish you could have seen her, Joshua. I have so many stories. Me and Brittany got so many stories about this lady. Like, Oh my goodness. Truly a wild individual. Um, but Like I said, like, people don't tell you, like, you know, you eventually learn to just stay away from certain people. Yeah. And you just avoid certain people, but it's also like, you shouldn't feel uncomfortable going to work and have to re, you know, evaluate your routes or, oh, I can't go make copies right now because Mr. or Miss such and such in there and I don't feel like getting sexually harassed or you sitting in the, like... I'll never forget, I was sitting in a faculty meeting and this dude wrote me a note. This The, the band director wrote me a note like oh we were goodness. in middle school. Did he give check boxes? What? Like, when are you going to let me take you out for ice cream? First of all, sir, for I'm ice grown. cream. <laughs> so the fact that that was your idea, that's just weird. I just think like, that was just so weird to me. And I remember like, I crumpled it up and I just liked it. But also, I should have told on him. Yeah. 
But I also think that schools have communities where like that type of stuff is protected and made to seem like it's okay. That's absolutely what it is. The, the culture just teaches you to just deflect it instead of addressing it. So Joshua, what's the creepiest um, interaction you've had with a colleague that may have been like, uh, I need to tell somebody about this. Or have you had one? See, my creepy interactions have never come from colleagues. They've always mm. come from parents. Mm. Tell us more. Yes, tell us more about so, your parents. I was trying to get down with the get down. You know, so as a, as a band director, um, especially in the southern region of the country, there's a, there's a different uh, appeal about a band director in Texas, Louisiana, you know, because of the HBCU band culture is so integrated into the fabric, of course, and, and tied into athletics. The band director is an important person in the community. So, you know, you have a, an air of prestige about you. And, you know, you can't run a successful band program without a well-functioning booster program. So you have to have parents around you all the time. And that is where it gets weird because, you know, some of those parents are looking for role models for their children. Uh, they just, I was you know, just you, about to the, say somebody wanted you to be daddy. Yeah, that's, that's basically what it is. <laughs> or, or, daddy or is daddy. daddy. Da- Daddy's daddy, <laughs> you, know. you know, so... It can, it can get really weird. You know, it, it, a lot of times you don't find out people's intentions until they've already integrated themselves into the organization. So it'll be the vice president of the Booster Association that has a thing for you. And, you know, uh, according to the state laws, you can't necessarily dictate what parents do in the Booster program. You can just like offer advice and things, but they have to be in charge of that. So if you run a file with the vice president, she may shortstop something that you're trying to get done through the meeting. All oh, because you didn't, you know, give a little, give a little leg. <laughs> Take it back. Yeah, you know, because you, because <laughs> you didn't want to go get some queso after band practice. With, you know, it's like, ma'am, <laughs> not queso. Practice ended. <laughs> the parking lot's getting clear. Can you roll out so I can roll out? So it's always they always corner you some kind of way. It never fails. It's, just, mm. it's a lot, man. It becomes a lot. My God, my Ew. God. That's mm. quite disgusting. That is weird. I mean, I've been hit on by by like parents, like at back to school nights in the open houses, and it's never my children. Well, never mind, never mind. <laughs> but most of the time, it's not your students' parents. It's like the parents just passing by in the hall, like the the folks' daddies passing by in the hall, and they'd be like, "You a teacher? I'll never get this man stopped in the middle of the hall." It's like, "You work here? I ain't never seen you here." Yeah, uh, yeah. Do you like working here? I mean, yes. I mean, it's okay. Because if you don't want to work here anymore, then, you know, like, we can work that out. Sorry. What? Oh, you got a sponsor. And look, and this is why I was at, like, my very first school. And I'm just sitting up here like, I'm not trying to be your trap queen because you're trying to take me out of the school, sir. So I'm going to need to keep it trucking. Like, but... Yeah, I think that that dynamic of being around parents a lot, I think that is weird. Not weird, but it's like it's it's probably destined to happen because you're around people a lot. And like you said, people be looking for, you know, a good, stable role model sometime. And, you know, yeah. like I said, ain't nothing wrong with, you know, finding a daddy and a daddy too. Hmm. Oh, my gosh. I've also heard... Um, it was like a group of teachers standing together and the parent was like, y'all teachers here. 
man, we didn't have teachers like that when I was in school. It's like they always say stuff like that, and it's just like, why can't you just like say hello and keep moving? Exactly. Because I also think some of that is rooted in these weird fantasies that people have about teachers. Speaking of, so that was on a list. So I was looking up um, just different things to spark some of the questions. And um, it had a list of like reasons why you should date a teacher. And one of the reasons was to fulfill a fantasy. There's definitely a teacher fetish. It's a real thing. It is. What? That was on a list? Category on some sites. I mean, (laughs) so wait, somebody actually like listed that as a good reason to date a teacher. Yes. Are you? They absolutely did. I'll have to send it to you because yes, it's it's a real thing. Because I know if I ever dated someone, I know like when I have when I was dating you know, like casually or whatever, like if I ever met a guy who like seemed too into the fact that I was a teacher, not like in a supportive way, but kind of in a like, oh, so you a teacher way? I would be like, no, because like, no, uh-uh. Now you're trying to, uh-uh, uh-uh. Yeah. So it's actually on eHarmony. It's 15 reasons to date a teacher. Not eHarmony. <laughs> and number 11 is, it's a fantasy come to life. Ever had a crush on a teacher back in high school? Question mark. Now's your chance to finally date one legally. That is so gross on so many levels. Yeah, see what they're promoting, there. They promoting right here. Right. That is so gross. Yes, that is so problematic. So, um, I guess, Joshua, my next question is, like, would you ever date a parent? I'm not opposed to it. Um, (laughs) I think that you have to, they have to understand boundaries. Um, Yeah. You know, you need to make it blatantly clear uh, in the beginning of this interaction what is acceptable when you're in at my workspace. I don't need you uh, volunteering extra hours to to try to be around and help the band out. I don't need you making random drop bys to check on such and such is great. Like this is my place of work. If you're gonna come here and get your kid, get your kid, because you know I've always my, my whole con- concern is also how is the child going to view mm, yeah. somebody they may consider a, a mentor, a role model, a, a person that's a safe space. Now they're popping up in my house so I can tell that you've been hanging with my mama. Like, how is that going to violate the trust they may have in me as an educator? So, because now your mama busting it wide open for the band director, right? Like, (laughs) you know, we playing a a certain song that has a sexual context. You're looking at me, you see your mama dancing a little too hard. Mr. Rito doing such (laughs) stuff to your mama. Now now we got a problem. You know, you're gonna start a fight in the little football game. I can't have that. I am weak. All right. I'm so weak. But that is a good point because I do think because it becomes a conflict of interest. Yes. Oh, yeah. Because also sure. on the flip side, like you, I don't think anybody would want a situation where it's like, let's say the kid is legitimately failing the class, right? Mm. And then you fail them. Next thing you know, they don't want to tell whoever like, oh, well, he mad because him and my mama don't date no more. And he taking it out on me. It just opens yourself up to other things. Yeah. And, um, like, my daddy always has the saying, perception is reality. 
Yeah. That's it. So if it's perceived to be one thing and you adding up the dots, it's like, you know, like that is that person's reality. So I think that is a, whew, yeah. Mm-mm. It's, it's, it's no. a hard thing to avoid because, like I say, you literally see so many parents and some of them are just, they're attractive people. So it's like, if I'd have met you outside of this, I would absolutely be trying to see what's up with. So you done seen some band parent baddies? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. No, absolutely. Uh, I, mean, I can't believe your mama's single. You know, it's like, nah, let's not, right. let's not do that. <laughs> some right. of these daddies that come into school, you know, I'm at an elementary school, so the kids are young. They're itty bitties, and you're like, hmm, you're quite handsome. And I mean, I'm in a high school set now. Maybe not my current school now, because it's a whole different, you know. Yeah, yeah. But in the other high schools I worked at, like so every now and then you got somebody's, you know, daddy to come in and be like, Oh, he could be a daddy. You know, yeah. like <laughs> you who know, daddy is that? It's funny y'all mention those distinctions because literally <laughs> And he wearing a suit. Yeah. What he do? And you could go look up kid in the system and see their job, be like, Oh, we got a government job. Like Oh my gosh. <laughs> so it's funny y'all mention those distinctions because literally that's how I view the attractiveness in, in teachers because I've worked at middle high school. All the attractive teachers always worked at the elementary schools in my district. So I wouldn't even be around mm-hmm. anybody that I would consider they they were all just I was like y- y'all just must haul them all to the K to, to the <laughs> to the, the young kids and just leave us leave us the old birds because there's no attractive teachers in middle and high school. But if you were to go to elementary now wait a minute pull a dime, oh, wait 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 <laughs> I can I can I can agree because I don't know very many attractive male teachers that I've seen that I've worked with. I can agree with that because most of the men are older, you know, like a man, once he starts a certain age, he starts to spread and, you know, like get bald. (laughs) And so it just changed up the aesthetic unless they're like, of course, like a coach or something, but they don't necessarily work at the school. So like, or, you know, you'll see, you know, other people, or maybe you'll see like some other work from the district that come through. But in high schools, I have not seen very many men that I, I've never worked with a man that I thought was attractive. But then also there's this dynamic of, I'm like, we work together, so I can't find you attractive anyway, because my thing, and I've said this on here before, is like, and you know, people, people may take what I have to say a certain way and you could do with this information what you will, but this is my truth and I'm going to say it. Like, if we both teachers, I got what you got. Okay? So what are you bringing to the table other than conversation and a good time? And some slap and tickle. So therefore, I'm not interested in dating a teacher. You know what I'm saying? Like, we can't both be financially struggling. And I hate to say that. And I know some people who are both teacher couples, and that is great. More power to you. But as for me and my house. Oh, my gosh. That has literally. Because, you know, you you look at situations now, like, where teachers are struggling to figure out like with schools reopening trying to figure out childcare because both of them been working from home and the daycare situation is an ideal or you look at situations where even before the pandemic teachers financially struggling together you know because they're both teachers or better yet like you look at you know when people strike and the district is striking and neither one of y'all get a check and again that may be okay for some people so I'm not speaking for collective for the group. And I know somebody is listening to this, calling me a gold digger. And listen, 
Here's the thing, friends. I hope you're listening to this, friends. Before you judge me, here's the thing. I take care of myself, okay? I'm always going to take care of myself. I'm going to make sure I'm good. But at the end of the day, when I am looking for a partner, I am looking for somebody who can add to that. And I would prefer, I prefer my love without unnecessary struggle. Ooh. It is. And so if you, if you want to date an educator and you an educator by all means, but I do think it becomes difficult to navigate because of, like there's a scheduling, finances, all these other things. Yes. So that's just my take on it. Take it or leave it. Somebody's probably like, Mel is such a gold digger and she just, whatever. Whatever. I'm not. I'm not. <laughs> am not. <laughs> and you're going to go dig on this car because I think the exact same way. <laughs> like, we too old. You want to be like, a teacher? We too old. Cool, but I like what, what's your ambition? Are you going? You trying to get your master's and go be your AP? You know, you going? Oh, you yeah. trying to go run the? You got to run the admin right because after a while, you know these ducats don't add up. The math ain't gonna math. If we in the same yeah. space, so either we both gonna be shooting up or you got to shoot out because that's not gonna work. Right. And when I was working with oh, younger teachers word. or whatever, so we I, I think we kind of led of... into this already. But like, Joshua, from your point of view, how does your career impact your dating life? It makes it extremely difficult, man. Um, specifically because of the practice schedule that's required with running a mm-hmm. successful program. You know, uh, we at school from, I get to school at 7, depending on where you're working at, 7.45, 7.30 in the morning. And band practice, depending on what event is coming up, won't end until 6.30, 7 o'clock. And then I have to wait for parents to come. So I may not get home till 8 o'clock, 8.30 some nights. And this is Monday through Friday. On Fridays, what level you're working on, I may have a football game. I'm not getting home till 10.30, 11 o'clock. If we have parades and things in certain parts of the season, uh, you know, I was working in New Orleans. I'm having parades every other day of the week. So you're not going to see me for certain months back to back on end. And people can't, it's, it's, it's really hard for somebody to, to look at your uh, commitment to your career and really understand it because education is just different. Like it, it, it's really a, a life commitment. And for me to do this thing the right way, I, I pretty much have to give most of my free time to the profession and, People just don't like that. <laughs> mm. Yeah. I I get that too. Um, and then being that I am an administrator, I don't see how two administrators um, are married or, you know, have a fully functioning family because I'm like, who's raising y'all kids if both of y'all are at the school from sunup to sundown? And, you know, that's a word, too, in terms of, like, if you were, I think there does become this point, and I think that's where boundaries are so important. Like, if you're not on the same page in terms of boundaries and a hard stop time for, like, when you're working, yeah, then that can get in the way because you get so involved in raising and supporting and loving and educating other people's kids that you're not taking care of your own household. And... I know I've seen it before with people that I've worked with in the past, especially, you know, in leadership and they're both in leadership and they're trying to balance that. And the kid just kind of ends up like kind of lost in the sauce and all of that. So um, 
I definitely think it's something that people have to be mindful of and consider. But I also think it goes back to just setting boundaries of like, okay, we going to have to be intentional about how we navigate this thing. Even right, even, even at different age levels, whether it be anything considered extracurricular that takes your time, so your band, football, whatever, the only people that I know have maintained successful relationships are those who have partners who just understand the culture. Like you, you understand that band is going to take this much time, but you actually enjoy that, so it's okay that they're there. And you know, you may want to come pop up to the game, and you can walk in with me and sit in front of the band and stuff. Like you, you, you enjoy that culture before you met me. So that's why this works. But everything else, it's a, it's a slow plane crash, man. But that's a good point, too, of people who understand the culture of whatever it is that you do. And I guess that could be a benefit to dating a educator in that sense. So, yeah, I've definitely seen where um, coach wives or band director wives or, you know, the significant other of a principal or somebody is always at the um, extracurricular activities. And so it does become a family thing. Um, now, whether they want that to happen or not, I mean, that's a household issue, but I know it's something that they do to have that time with their significant other. Um, so that's always interesting. Mel, how do you think being an educator impacts your dating life? I definitely think you have to find someone who understands and supports what you do. But I mean, I think that's the, like, that's what you have to find in any, any field. You know what I'm saying? Oh yeah. Um, hmm. So I just think that's something that, um, I'm sorry. My little green little meter thing is not moving while I talk. I can still hear you. You can still hear me? Yeah. Okay. I'm sorry. Just edit that out. But <laughs> I was just concerned because I'm like, it's not moving while I talk. Maybe my mic's not picking me up. But um, I think it's important for people to understand and support what you're doing. But I think that's important in any field. I do know when I used to be like heavily involved at a school in terms of like um, student council and um, student council leadership, all that stuff clubs activities like if you stay in a school you may not get home like josh said like you may not get home until a certain time in the evening you may not you know be available on weekends because i think a lot of times people think that like when people hear that you're a teacher they hear oh okay well you're off every weekend and you have also like people think you got all this time to do everything and then it's like when they start dating you they realize like oh no like you do have you got stuff you gotta do like you're you're not always available on you know weekends like because you got you know saturday school to help out with or remediation on the weekends or after school or you're proctoring the sat or the act or you know all these other things that come up that end up you know biting into your time so I definitely think being understanding but I also think it's so important for people to find someone who and I think I've said this before and I I mean again I'm a gold digger and I'm churchy so I think it's important for people to find a person that you are equally yoked with whatever that may be you know what I'm saying yeah so if it's a person who knows that like your time like for me I am a scheduler 
I take my time very seriously. So therefore, like, I'm going to do this on this time. This, and I could be spontaneous at times. But I, we ain't just going to, like, pop up and, oh, let's do something five minutes ahead of time. Like, I need to know that in advance because I'm also in school. And so for me, dating... Th- before I got into my current relationship, that used to be an issue because I couldn't just drop everything and be available because let's keep it real. Some men want a woman to be available when they want them to be available. And if you are not, that is a problem. That's real. I didn't say all, I said some. So before y'all come at my neck. So, (laughs) um, some people, you know, they want you to be available and not just men, just some people want you to be available when they want you to be available. And so if you are not a person who has the luxury of time, you have to find someone who is understanding to work with you. And I'm fortunate to have a partner who understands time and understands like my time in terms of like being in school and is willing to be flexible in terms of my schedule, considering the fact that I'm in school and also working. Um, but I do think it is difficult today as an educator, like when you are super involved or overly involved in your school culture sometimes, because like there was this girl at my old school um, who used to do everything, like was over like five or six clubs and was always after school and some of my coworkers started joking after a while because she would always talk about how she wanted to get married so she wouldn't have to work anymore and one of my coworkers was just like she ain't never gonna find a man if she always at the school because all yeah. that was at the school was old men and this is a young girl y'all she was like 20 she was under 25 yeah like you're never gonna meet anybody here unless you want an old man they had happy hour while you running tutorials i mean Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> While you hanging out with the kids, you know what I'm saying? While you, you know, trying to be teacher of the year. Yeah. <laughs> like everybody else is kicking it. Like, um, and so I just think it's something that's important to to, you know, just know what your goals are. And then also as an educator, I think it's super important to know like your purpose for dating. So like yeah. and I mean again, these apply to all people, but are you dating just to date? Are you dating to, you know, to build something? And when you know the difference between that, that helps you find a person that you can work with a little bit better. But I think sometimes people are dating to build something, but they end up with people that they're dating that are just dating just to date. Mm -hmm. And so that isn't necessarily aligned. And so rather than, you know, find someone who's looking for the same thing that they're looking for, you end up just like focusing on this person because that's who's there and you too busy to find somebody else. But I think that applies to other fields as well. But I just see a lot of teachers who, who like are dating people who are not looking for the same things they're looking for. Yeah. So, um, I'm trying to make sure I protect the innocent. Um, there's a situation where, um, a school leader had to tell one of the teachers, you know, um, they just had to come at the teacher as like a big sister instead of, you know, I'm your boss because they saw the teacher dating the teacher assistant, not her teacher assistant, but a different teacher assistant in the building and was actually going to fight another teacher over this TA. And this, of course, there's nothing wrong with TAs, paraprofessionals. They definitely support the work that we do. However, this person didn't have ambition outside of that role. 
Like that's they were cool doing that. And um, mind you, this is a certified teacher who is about to lose their job because they wanted to fight over this man. <laughs> like, girl. And see, that's the type nope. of stuff. Mm-mm. Barbara, this is that's the type. <laughs> In the teacher's lab. <laughs> that's what we should call the episode. Barbara, this is Shirley. <laughs> like y'all working together and you about to lose your job over some peen. No, no man. And, and this goes back to what I said earlier. Call me what you want. But at the end of the day, you got to be bringing something else to the table other than some pain and a good time and good conversation. And then, honestly, the fact that he is dealing with this other person that also works with you just shows you his character in addition exactly. to that. Exactly. That's why I'm like, you got to be, like you said, you have to be equally lo- yoked. Like, you have to be on the same page. What are we really doing here? I don't mm. know. But apparently he was the community property of the school. So uh, uh, everybody you know, got I a worked, chance. <laughs> I worked with, um, and that's and that's how the, the episode ended up being called, hotels. Because <laughs> um, I worked with some, at my old school, like my first school I worked at, there was a man who was a... Um, a bi, I don't know. I don't even, behavior interventionist, which is basically. I was like, about to say, is he a b? Like a- no, it, <laughs> he was a bi. Which now I understand a bi is just a security guard. It's just a fancy word for a a it school is. bouncer. That's, That's exactly what it is. Somebody run ISS. <laughs> but he was sleeping with so many people, and I was just kind of like. And even after I left, like, apparently he started messing with this little young girl that started working there. And he's, like, in his 40s, this dude was. And I remember just being, like, when, because, you know, I was, I I can be honest, when I first started teaching, I was bright-eyed, bushy-tailed, young, naive, did not realize that all these people were, like, having love in the club at the school building. And so I was shocked and appalled like hold on pause question hand raise yeah like love in the club at the school like on school property there were stories of also on school property yes lurid tales of love in the club talk if to you the will. janitors they know they do they know do. they do know idea. they already know so and also you talk to the kids that stay after school for band practice because they be all over the building they know too <laughs> <For sure>. so <laughs> They they know who walks through to their car, um, right? Because they'll come to you. They'll be like, "Mr. Such and Such walked Miss Such and Such to her car, and then he was walking Miss Such and Such." Uh, listen, you you that is know. how we found out about um, an affair that was happening at one of my old sites because these people walked together every day, and there was suspicion at one point that her last baby was not her husband's, but. Somebody has some extracurricular activities, okay? <laughs> right. Right. So with that school, I remember when I heard, because also this man was married. That was the other thing, because I was just like, I'm not trying to be up here when she comes up here and snaps. And then the other part is just like, do y'all not understand that like STIs are a thing? Mm. And so y'all up here sharing community dick. I don't know if I can say dick on the show. You did, so we'll keep it. <laughs> But you're up here sharing like community genitals and like 
STIs are a real thing, y'all. And I just thought that was so nasty. And then, like, he wasn't even, I don't know. Like, again, as a school bouncer, he was a pivotal part of our school community and keeping the school safe. But, like, dude, like, come on now. Like, Mm. And the, and the other part that I just don't understand, like, y'all can't get it from nowhere else. And I know I've said that on here before. And I get that that's where people spend the most of their time. But you got to start spending your time other places. I'm just saying. I know a lot of dudes, uh, from my observation, schools are just easy access points because women are going to make up the large body of teachers in, 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 in any position on campus. So it's going to always be a huge male to female ratio in the in the female's favor. So it's like I can shoot 30 times and somebody gonna hit it's like it's, you have so many but options. Here, and if your stand is low, push, you got more than 30, you know? <laughs> but I'm gonna push back on that. And the reason why I'm gonna push back on that is like that's just the world in general. Right. And the school is its own ecosystem. So I mean this 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 what it is. I just don't understand why y'all can't keep it in y'all pants. Like, I'm just not understanding. Well, I mean, you know, this thing goes both ways because community cat is also a thing. There's a lot of teachers, a lot of teachers aides and special ed ladies. <laughs> they be throwing that thing around campus too. Let's not act like this is just one way. They be need to they need to keep that thing up under this up under that slip too. <laughs> so wait, because my old girls wearing slips still. If I had to say. <laughs> So wait, I'm reading this book, you guys, called Luster. And if you guys listening ever want to read this book, I please let me know what you think, because it's a wild book. Um, and essentially the main character, there's not really a spoiler, like she she the work she the work hoe, basically. She done she done slept with pretty much everybody at the workplace. And as I was reading, like her list of everybody she's like it reminded me of this girl that I used to work with again at my very first school who literally like had slept with six or seven men that worked at that school girl like it was it was a lot and I remember and I was there for what I was there for four years she was only there for two and you done been around the block like that and get it listen get it how you live girl i'm not saying but not in the same workplace but oh not gosh. in the same work like if you want to bust it open like that and have a prolific healthy sex life by all means do you but i do think it becomes a problem when it's at the workhouse yes it it just becomes a little bit problematic because then now everybody know your business i remember one of my friends when i first started like the my first or second year teaching she was like, you know, everybody's sleeping with everybody in school. So I was like, no, they're not. And then the more I stayed in that or the longer I stayed in that school, I was like, oh, my God, you're all sleeping with each other. Like, why are we doing this at work? Why? They just be bored. They got to be bored. That's got to be what it is. It's bored. got to be bored. But here's the thing. If you bored, if you bored, go online that lesson plan to them standards. Uh-huh. If you bored, go make some <laughs> some resources. If you bored, make some copies. Do a if you bored, go to elitesingles.com, which I found today is a site for it's like a teacher dating site. It's a teacher dating site. Because we are elite site. singles. Come on. 
elite single. Because it says that um, teacher dating sites like ours are made for you. And it says because 85% of our U.S. members hold an above average education. So you can find somebody who's on your level. On paper. But I also think on paper. On paper. I don't know, y'all. Something about that just doesn't sit right with my spirit. But okay. I mean, they're advertising specifically for teachers. But um, so one of my last questions, or I, I think this is my last question. Um, what are some of the assumptions you've experienced being an educator who isn't married? Ooh. Uh, that people have a shot. Like it's like you you single well, you dang, ain't doing just nothing. Just hurt their feelings. I mean, you people. Uh, a lot of times, people take you you being kind as you being available. Like I, I just do my job well. That has nothing to do with you. It's it's everything to do with the fact that I just chose to do this job. But no, ma'am, <laughs> no, ma'am. Have you ever been set up or? Has one of the older teachers ever tried to set you up with like somebody they know like, oh, my gosh, you're so good. You would be great for my niece or. That happens everywhere, honestly. Uh, But specifically in the school, it'll definitely happen. You you get cool with certain uh, people that work the tennis clerks and all the guys. But, you know, especially older. You're a nice young man. You still single. You know, my niece is in town this weekend. I'm going to tell her to come by the school. I didn't ask you to do that. (laughs) 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 Who told you I was looking at them? That happens a lot. And then also, it does happen a lot. And then also, like, when you meet the the nephew or whoever it is, it's like, I see why you single. Right. Like, uh uh-uh, Miss Such and Such, come get him. Don't leave him in my room. (laughs) I think one of the um, assumptions that annoy the poo, annoys the poo out of me, is, like, that you just have all this extra time. You know, like, oh, you're not married. You don't have any kids. You can do X, Y, and Z. Goodbye. Get out of my face. It's like you don't have a life if you are an unmarried teacher. It's like. Yeah. And I used to tell people, because that used to be one of the assumptions at my last school. And I used to tell people all the time, my contract hours end at 2.15. So, therefore, do with that what you will. But, like, I got a life just just because teacher of the year down the hall Spending her single days, her good young days <laughs> here with y'all <laughs> don't mean I'm going to. Uh-uh. And I also, I think for me, one of the assumptions that people make about you as a educator that isn't married is that, like, it's something wrong with you. Mm. Yeah. And it's like, I know a lot of unhappy married educators i definitely do yeah i know several i mean because if you guys were listening closely to any of my tales of my first school when people were sleeping these were all married folks and i know plenty of unhappily married people and it's but it is also the status thing that people have with marriage um as if like they have accomplished a goal and i think marriage is a goal you know what i'm saying don't get me wrong but it's like if you're a teacher and you're not married, people think like you're just like this old hen or All right. or, you know, like something wrong with you. And it's just like, no, I have standards and you don't. That's why you're like up here trying to like give it to everybody at the school. I know definitely there have been times, you know, if you're single and you're unmarried and uh, 
there are times when people are questioning your sexuality. Mm. Like you, you. That's never happened to me. It, no, it's, it's but maybe it's a man thing. Yeah, because like after a while, you, if you just old, you don't have kids. You're not married. You're not being seen, giving attention to whoever is clearly trying to shoot at you. Is oh, you got to be. You must be interested in the opposite sex, or <clears throat> you must be interested in the same gender. Like, they, people will pull anything out of their minds if you're not the thing that they want, or they can't put, they can't peg you. Mm-hmm. That's a good. Point. And they will probably leave you alone if you had kids. Yeah, oh, like absolutely. I got about three, four kids around town, but I didn't work out with none of their mamas. I'm like, oh, he's fine, he's fine, but I don't understand that. Um. I also hate (laughs) that they assume, like, let's say I'm a single teacher, you're a single teacher. They assume that we are, we should just date because we're two single teachers on staff. Yeah. That drives me insane. Like, I can't even hold a regular conversation with a male single colleague without somebody thinking like, oh my gosh, they're dating. Man, then they get the kids in on it too, you know, you go... You go to exactly. such and such class to ask about grades, but you the, the conversation goes to be 20 minutes. Nice. Well, Mr. Reed over hanging out in such and such class. Like, I'm trying to stop your friend from failing. That's why, that's why I'm over here trying to see what's going on with the <laughs> grades. I am not in here flirting, but you know, as soon as as soon as the kids see you want somebody to class too much, it's gonna hit the school, it's gonna hit the streets. And I know mm-hmm. for me as a young single, you know, I mean, if I may say so myself, I'm a cute teacher. Don't don't get it twisted. So as a young single teacher, I purposely did not have conversations with men by myself in the building, especially young men by myself in the building, mm-hmm. because people will assume like that you are, you know, especially and I, you know, we talked about this before, especially, you know, if you're you got them old hater teachers that just automatically see like a younger teacher that is like, you know, a baddie and just be like, look at her down there being fast. You know what I'm saying? Like, look at her just, just smiling in Mr. Such and Such face. I know how they talk. I hear them in the hallway. So I just purposely would not put myself in that situation. And I would not go to my male colleagues classrooms. If we need to talk about something, I'm gonna call you on my classroom phone. I'm gonna shoot you an email because I don't have time. And it wasn't even anything personal or like that I felt uncomfortable. But it's just like, I did not want to fuel the, the rumor mill of like, look at Miss Andrews down there in Mr. Such and Such face. I've definitely seen that. Um, I've seen that more so uh, between women colleagues. So somebody feels like you, you're you too hot and you too new. So they'll they'll do things to try to drive you away from the school because they want to be the the quote-unquote baddest thing on the block. I've seen it happen. Yeah, and ain't been the baddest thing in the block since 1984, but they still trying to, you know, hold on to their glory days. And I'm just like, I, and I also think a lot of that is fueled by like insecurity of other teachers. So, um, I just, just feel like, you know what? I'm not going to do that because I don't want somebody saying that me and Mr. Such and Such in each other faces. Um, and again, as I said before, I have never worked with anybody that I thought was remotely attractive. Like, even if I were, because, you know, I was, used to have, like, friends ask me, like, oh, you work with any, like, attractive male teachers or whatever? You can put me. No, girl. Mm-mm, they all raggedy. Nope. <laughs> you don't want them. They all raggedy? <laughs> they all raggedy, girl. You don't want them kids. 
You do not want your future children coming out looking like none of them. Mm-mm. Oh, my God. So, and I mean, if any of those men are listening, I'm sorry. But, you know, you should clean under your fingernails and get a lineup every now and then. So. Oh, that's really gross. But I, can I say this? This is a safe space, right? I feel like the bar is really low, though, for like male teacher attractiveness. I feel like if you're a male teacher and you're young, it's automatically presumed like people automatically assume that they are attractive. And that's and I'm like, no, this just looks like a professional man. That's how a man should look. But it's like women teachers really be ready to like throw panties (laughs) at some of these men that if we saw them and they were a regular just person off the street, if you ran into them in Target or Walmart, you you wouldn't think twice about that. But put them in a school setting. This one is a panty dropper. Yeah. This right here. That happens. Whoa. That happens. No, <laughs> a lot of it has to do with, you know, the, the effort you put into your appearance. I know when I was a young teacher, I'm talking first two, two years, like I would intentionally be Sunday sharp at work. Like I'm wearing suits. I'm going to have cufflinks. Whoop, whoop. I'm going to be dressed down because, you know, the whole, we worked on a now respectability politics. I got to show them that what this sets looks like and blah, blah, blah. You would intentionally try to look really good at work. But the older male teachers, you know, they've been teaching 20 years. They don't care what they look like. Like, I'm just, I'm just oh, coming oh. to do my job. You just, you just look like the new hot thing on the block. You come with the pretty chrome packaging. You know what I'm saying? You look good based off of those visual standards. And you get all kind of attention, even if you don't want it. It's going to come because you knew and you dressed like you might have some stuff. And I, and, and I would say, I think it's a thing of like working with kids. I mean, some women that is like, all you have to say is, oh, yeah, I work with kids. And they drop their panties. Like, it don't, <laughs> it don't require much. It's just like, oh, they see that. Um, I don't know. It strums on maternal heartstrings. That's what it is. I think that may be what it is Mm -hmm. because I'm just like, you really appear like lusting over this man in this Steve Harvey suit. (laughs) (laughs) Like that he got from City Trans. Girl. City Trans. And like I said before, like if you work in a public school setting, and I can't speak to like how this happens in charter schools, maybe Josh can, but. You work in a public school setting. You already know what everybody making in the building. That's it. That's a state yeah. salary. It's a flat fee. So, so listen. You he may be able. He may be wearing. You know, a nice. You know, suit. A nice little something. Something. Maybe let me step it up from. You know, he maybe went to. You know, um, Macy's Men's Warehouse. Got him a nice little suit. Macy's. Something like that. Got him a nice suit. But don't let the suit fool you, sis. <laughs> don't let. Don't like slow down. Oh my gosh, that makes me think of some teacher, some male teachers on Instagram and Twitter. Them girls be like throwing themselves all over them. Like I said, this one is a panty dropper. It be like, oh my goodness. But I think like Josh said, it it appeals to maternal heartstrings more so. Because some of them dudes are booger wolves, okay? <laughs> <laughs> like you are just not attractive. But because you work in a school setting and you're, you know, a teacher, a male teacher, it's just like, oh my goodness. Because automatically people assume that just because you're a male teacher you're or a teacher in general, you're a good person. Yeah. I despise, yeah. I personally despise a uh, black male educator, social media. 
like it's a, it's a lot of brothers on there that's just like on some pick me stuff. Like they want to look, they they know that that is an aesthetic, and they lean into it hard. And I, yes. I despise that section of social media. I would never try to be a. You want to drop some IG? I don't plan to do that. <laughs> I don't. I'm not even on there to care and and give names. I just I just know that's what they do, and I want no parts of it. Ooh. Like I cringe a little bit every time I see a post by a black male educator like doing something that is like quote unquote trendy not necessarily even a black male just male educators in general because like they always have like very not always but some of them have very similar posts that are pandering to a particular like you said aesthetic of you know let me show them I love the kids you know like and I don't know it just comes off as as disingenuous and then also it also has this idea of like, it just kind of feels like this. I'm doing this for the attention, notoriety and, you know, the clout that it'll give me, not because I'm actually here because I care about these kids. Um, Cause like, there's this one dude that I see all the time. Who's always teaching kids how to tie a tie. And I'm just sort of like, I might have to cut this. well i didn't already said it but you can cut it if you want to don't at me if you mad i don't care um but at the same time i'm just kind of just like okay are you like are you doing this because you actually care are you doing this because you know you're gonna get likes on social media right um oh my the bar is low man When, when when that when that excites you the bar is low but it does. Maybe that's like, what I'll name the episode. The bar is low. Teaching <laughs> as, or not teaching, dating, dating as, as a, a teacher. teacher. So before we head to the principal's office, Joshua, we have to know what is your current relationship status? Are you looking? Um, some of our listeners are looking for um, males who are in education. After we just talked about all that. I mean, so <laughs> we got a request, didn't we? Did we not? Um, yeah, we did. We did. So, so I, the people want to. I am single. Uh, you know, it's, it's a whole panini outside, so I'm not looking right now. We're going to wait till we get our cootie shots, and then maybe we can, we can see what's up. But I, I'm perfectly content so, with being still right now. So I got a question. Are we single in the sense of, like, tax filing single? You know, because, like, if you ain't married, you single, and when you file your taxes, but that don't mean you're not, like, connected. I'm, I'm single. I'm Ooh. single all of the above. Okay. Okay. Well, he's single, y'all. <laughs> he's about to be a doctor. About to get those letters with his name. So, go ahead. Look at us being problematic. <laughs> right. He works well with children. <laughs> Look, like he loved the kids after all after we talked all I that. Teach him how to tie a tie, wear a suit. <laughs> all that. <laughs> oh my God. So many people are gonna we'll make sure we tag you. <laughs> we'll make sure we tag you in the post. Like, hey. Adam, yeah, go ahead. Get at him. You're gonna get all the DMs. Well, you know, Slide in the DM. Got the they gonna act like they not gonna DM you, but they gonna DM you. You know what, what else we got to do right now? We in the house, right? Run them up with a little conversation. And you know, from, 
from what I've heard, like people are get, you know, people getting chose out here on Clubhouse just from conversations. So what? Yeah. Speaking of, that takes me to the principal's office. <laughs> <laughs> so Mel went ahead and said Clubhouse. So um, first of all, Clubhouse is slightly overwhelming for me. Um, but one of the things I've noticed, not just on Clubhouse, but on Instagram and yeah, just Instagram and Clubhouse is that we have a lot of um, spaces that are for black educators, specifically black um, women educators. And the conversations that are being had on these platforms are not being led by black women. And that is an issue for me. And so that's what I'm putting in the principal's office this week. Um, Mel, what do you want to put in the principal's office? She ran away. I'm she sorry. I did. I'm just trying to process what you just said. Um, mm, let's unpack that. So I've seen that too, where it's either non-black women or apparently like people who identify as men um you know like taking up space that were created for black and I don't I just don't know I just don't partake in those conversations at that point um no definitely not now if it's something that's designated for black people then okay that's another thing um but yeah, I'm just kind of like, you know, uh, well, maybe it's not for me. And like you said, Clubhouse is overwhelming and underwhelming at the same time. Because I see a lot of people on Clubhouse talking about things that they don't know anything about. And I'll just drop that <laughs> right there. Um, because people forget that, like, some folks know you in real life. Right. So some people know where you did and didn't graduate from, where you did or didn't get a certification from, where you did or didn't start a business at, you know. And so when you get up here and you decide to moderate a room that you know nothing about. And let's be clear, there's some good stuff on Clubhouse, but it's a lot of mess on Clubhouse. So many millionaires, so many millionaires, so many entrepreneurs. But you know what I think is problematic um, that I would put in the principal's office along with that. Um, like you said, those spaces, I've been seeing a lot of conversations about high value men and women lately. And it makes me cringe because why are we, I don't understand. I mean, I now don't get up here and be like, Oh, well, I'm going to explain what a high value man is to Mel. No, you don't need to explain nothing to me. I understand the concept. <laughs> I just think it's problematic as black men and women to have those conversations because it puts us in the position of being commodified and our value being based Ooh. on a number. And I think that's problematic. And in addition to that, I also think it says that certain people are not worthy or worth having certain things. It's extremely elitist. And I think it's play because most of the people I see partaking in these conversations are neither high value men or high value women. Because as the old proverb says, it ain't tricking if you got it. So mm. you ain't got to do all that. Like if you are really somebody who knows your worth, internal like I just think it's so and I've been seeing it creep into the educator space and I don't like it um so I just mm. actually I was writing I was drafting a blog post about that because I'm like let's nip this in the bud right here because this is not 
this is not cool. Like y'all up here talking about, well, you know, I only want to be with a high value man and I only want to be with a high value woman. And I mean, that's true. Like say you want to be with a person of quality. Like that's cool. You could say that. Yeah. But this whole value thing, it reminds me of slavery and it's real cringy. Don't do that. Yeah. Um, and before we go, one other thing I thought about to put in the principal's office, since we were talking about community property and community peen, one Trey Songs yes, is trying Mr. to distract the internet with his community peen. Mr. I Bet the Neighbors Know My Name. Um, apparently, I'm off social media right now, but apparently his um, genitalia is all over the internet. Mm-hmm. But I think it's just a distraction for all his other foolishness that he's been involved in lately, like his concert yeah. hosting, his uh, getting arrested at the football game the other week. Yeah. Like, come on, dude. His concert hosting that Shad Moss got blamed for. <laughs> Let's not forget that part. Like, they left Bow Wow out there by himself to take. And I mean, Bow Wow was wrong. Don't get me wrong. You know what I'm saying? Bow Wow was definitely. But they left him by himself to, like, to, to just take the heat for that. Meanwhile, Trey Song's out here getting arrested at football games. He out here partying maskless at in las vegas like he's just been doing a whole lot and then like also let's not forget that this man was has been accused multiple times of being problematic and having problematic behaviors aggression um sexual aggression against women you know what i'm saying so it's just been a lot of stuff that you've been doing and then also it's a pandemic sir um but he's like i'm doing all this stupid stuff let me just distract everybody with this picture and correct me if i'm wrong didn't he have covid probably i wouldn't doubt it let's let me google it joshua did you have something you want to put in the um principal's office not not this time the next time we come on i'm gonna have something for you i'm, I'm fresh out right now but I, i'll double down on what melody said no country for trey songs or anybody else who engages in abuse or violence against women. We're not going for that. He did have COVID. Yeah, he did in October. He did. So like, (sighs) if that didn't teach you to sit down and you out here maskless, but even before that, he was like having parties and doing club appearances. Like, Oh, for sure. Yeah. He got, um, I believe Maybe it was in the summer or early fall. Uh, he got cited for a club appearance in Ohio, somewhere random like that, for a huge concert. It was like y'all risking y'all lives for Trey songs. Yeah, a lot of these like, artists. His Mr. Billy Goat yeah. himself. Those funny record deals coming to light because you you still got to catch shows in the middle of a pandemic. They mean your money funny. Did Liv, I think I heard you say something about a goat. Yeah, Mr. Billy Goat. <laughs> That's what his voice sounds like. Uh, leave that man vibrato alone. I can't take it. There was once a period of time that I did enjoy his music, but... I'm telling you, the album that started off with this one is a penny dropper. That was the one. That was the one. Yeah. That was the one. That's the one that, you know, people hear when they see, like, male teachers post pictures on Instagram. (laughs) (laughs) 
All right, man. Let's go to bed. We are ending this episode. All right. So next week we will be back with another um, episode in our series that we were are still naming. Um, but until then, love on somebody. Celebrate Black History Month. Yeah. Um, love on somebody black. <laughs> and if you can't love on somebody black, love on yourself. Like that's okay. I mean, that's somebody black. Yeah, love on yourself. Like, that's perfectly fine. But we want to thank Josh for being our guest this evening. Absolutely. This was fun and probably will get me in trouble. But that's okay. So. We don't care. We don't. I hope y'all know that by this point. We don't care. We don't get paid for this Instagram stuff. We don't. All right. Bye, (laughs) y'all.